Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwoodell joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? I mean, could it get any better right now, Chris? I don't, I don't think it could. I mean, the, the weather's kind of crappy outside. It's been raining. A couple flash thunderstorms just kind of out of nowhere today on a day I didn't expect it. But listen, Phil's are in first place. The birds are, are they, they start this Thursday. We're ready to go. What, 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 does life get any better than that? I think what you meant to say was, uh, does it get any better's delight? Oh, look at you. Look at that. Look at you, shameless plug. Brand integration is what this is. Cross promotion. <laughs> Vertical integration. I don't know. Vertical integration actually isn't correct, but it is a buzzword. So we, ha- we have that going for us. Look, we have a ton going on. I've got BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to talk about a lot that uh, I've got open there. But I thought, you know, before we get going, let's talk about it. Gregory, your, uh, your Philadelphia Phillies, your beloved Philadelphia Phillies, are currently uh, tied, uh, tied at zero in a rain delay with the, the vaunted Los Angeles Dodgers. They sit six games up in first place in the NL East over the Atlanta Braves after a torrid stretch that saw them catapult ahead. How are you feeling about this team? I mean, I'm terrified, Chris, because I know <laughs> it's going to happen. They're going to break my heart at some point. They, listen, uh, my, only, my only hope is to make the playoffs. If you can make the playoffs, that's a win for this season. But I, I, don't, know, I don't know if you can make You're not going to just keep winning eight games in a row. Like, it's not going to happen. Right. At a certain point, there's going to be adversity. And, and I just don't know how we stand up to it. Uh, you know, we have the Dodgers right now for, for a couple of games, and then... I know we have an easy schedule, but you have to hope the bats the bats stay hot. McCutcheon went down, Reese is on the DL. It's it's a terrifying prospect. And every time they bring the bullpen in, it's it is a tightrope of, of all tightrope walks. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Well, how big uh, is Reese Hoskins going on the ten day IL? Uh, how big is, oh, is, is, is that to the team? I mean, taking his bat out of the lineup definitely hurts. Uh, team leader in RBIs and uh, home runs, I believe, right? Yeah, and he was so hot when he got hurt. And I, I just, you hope that when he comes back, he can pick up where he left off and, and the other guys can pick up the slack while he's out. And you also, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess this is really a give and take kind of thing. You, you never want a rain, de- uh, rain delay to be too long because then you probably lose your starter. But that means the Dodgers lose Scherzer. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely helpful, even though I think Nola was cooking a little bit to start the game. Yeah. But, I'm, uh, you know, it's very we're, – we're in, we're in a very weird time right now. With, with the, the, the Phillies' lead is very tenuous. The Braves are still there. The Mets are still there. But uh, I, I don't know. I'd love, to see, I'd love to see a couple wins here against the Dodgers to keep my hopes up. Seven Ks and only one hit allowed through four for Nola. Can I, I tell you what I think is interesting here, though? Despite this incredible run that the team has gone on, 
I believe the Phillies have actually gotten worse in terms of the odds over at Bavada for the 2021 World Series winner. It's, uh, it's a complicated mess when you're, when you're talking about a division that includes this Dodgers team that they're playing tonight. Well, there's just so many moving parts. Yeah. Like, one, the, the Phillies are unreliable, uh, you know, when they have to dig deeper into their rotation. Gibson's nice, but, you know, who's that fifth starter going to be if Eflin gets back and gets healthy? healthy. Like, it's, it's a crapshoot right now. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really know. You don't really know who who to trust and what's going to work out. So I'm not surprised that their odds may have gotten worse. Plus the other moves that people have made have, you know, they, they were much more impactful, I think, than, than Gibson. But we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. Despite being six games up in the NL East right now with a good chunk to play, the Phillies have sunk to the 16th best odds to win the World Series, plus 2,000 at Bavada. Yeah, not great. Not great. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. Do you uh, do you think this team has a legitimate chance to compete? I know your your mantra earlier seemed to be just get into the playoffs and see what happens. But if this team does get into the playoffs, you, do you think they have the pieces? Do they have the horses to make a run? I mean, the playoffs become a three man rotation thing. You can you can see you know you can look at teams who have three pretty solid starters and and you get the right string of starts put together, it can really work. I mean, and you have that at the top of this this rotation. You have Wheeler, who's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Then you get you get Nola, if he has a night like he's having tonight in a game, he can be dominant. And then you talk about whoever would start game three. Is it Gibson? Is it Eflin if he's healthy? Like, So, so there's conversations to be had. And if, if you can string those three together in a five-game series, that's that's a tough three to beat. And the bats need to just stay hot and be there. So. I mean, anything happen. Anything can happen in the playoffs. We know that. So, uh, I, but I'm, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic, like I have been all year, because, you know, it's Philadelphia. We're gonna get hurt at some point. It's just a matter of when. I uh, I do think that there's a degree of disrespect going on here. The Phillies find themselves in sixth place to win the NL, tied with the New York Mets, who they are two and a half games up on right now. <laughs> That's. That's a tad disrespectful. Yeah, right. I don't. Bav- yeah, Bavada has them both sitting plus eleven hundred. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's listen. the whole division. The whole division's a crapshoot. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to think. I feel like whoever gets hot in September, you don't want to peak too early. But whoever whoever can stay consistently hot in September is the team that's going to take this. It's going to be one of those three. I don't. I don't necessarily see the Marlins or uh, or the Nationals jumping into this, but. You know, whoever plays better in that last month of the season is going to be the one that takes it. It's going to go down to go down to the wire, unfortunately. How are you dealing with being the older brother of a now celebrity? I mean, it is tough. It is tough watching the game, and you see, you you see Matt appear, and it's like, oh, he's he's famous now. And they use them the next day in the promo. I mean, it's it, I'm living in his shadow. For sure. We tried to book him, but he was not available. Uh, you wanted the Kevin James story hour? <laughs> Look, I just want to know what it's like to be that red-hot famous. Very, very few people have reached this level in the past. You're talking like, this is like Pee Wee Herman famous. <laughs> he wa- I mean, he was walking down the street today and saw a license plate. Uh, someone who must be the only other fan of the movie Cop Out and had that <laughs> oh, had that as their license. So bad. <laughs> Not according to Matt. 
uh, it, he saw somebody with a license plate. He was going to offer the money for it, and they just handed it over. They said, I saw you and I saw you on the Phillies in the ninth inning the other night. This is you're the guy who uh, pumped his fist and had a beer in his hand. That's, that's <laughs> uh, yeah, please take my license plate. I won't even I won't even change the registration. You can drive around illegally with it. Uh, first of all, that's respect. Second of all, I, I, I cop out was on my watch list when we were coming home from Ohio uh, in June. We're going we're going back to California. I have to watch what I'm saying now, I guess. Uh, we, were, oh. we were returning to California uh, from Ohio in June, and I was watching Cop Out on the way, the flight home, uh, and my God, like I had a semi-positive uh, opinion of it in my head, because I like Kevin Smith, I like Tracy Morgan, Bruce Willis is an actor who is an interesting person to watch, I don't want to say that I like him. Um, <laughs> Sean William Scott was very much playing Sean William Scott, which was a little annoying. He was playing Stifler in that, but it is so terrible. I, I, I wouldn't even bother considering watching it. One, I've heard Kevin Smith talk about it enough to, about how much he hates it. Yeah, and hates and Bruce much, Willis. Yeah, how much he dislikes making the movie in general. So, like, I'm, I'm good, man. Give me Clerks 3 or whatever the next iteration of, of the, those movies is, and I'll, I'll be fine. I don't know, Kev. Look, I, I like Kev, but he uh, he can get a little weird too with stuff like uh, Tusk and Yoga Hosers, where he's like, yeah. ah, I think I'll make a movie that might so my daughter can star in." Listen, stay in the Jay and Silent Bob adjacent universe. That's all you need. You don't need any of the other stuff. The Jay and Silent Bob remake movie was shockingly really good. I I never actually fully watched it, so it is something that I have to go back and do. It felt like it was a purposeful, like almost shot for shot remake of the first one, at least the parts that I saw early on. It was shockingly really good. And, you know, no, no spoiler here. Affleck's cameo at the end is just hilarious. Eh, listen, I, I, it's, it's one of those ones I have to go and find. I, I know it's on a streaming service somewhere. I will find it. I will watch it. You, you have access to it through me. Eh, well, perfect. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been, uh, purposefully watching old movie and not old, but some just random movies over the course of the last few days. Mm-hmm. And like I watched Goodfellas. I forgot how great that movie mm-hmm. is. I watched, uh, I watched dirty work. Hilarious. Uh, what other comedies did I watch? I watched a couple other good. I watched dumb and dumb. <laughs> Wait, the, the two comedies you came up with were Goodfellas and dirty. Work. <laughs> well, now Goodfellas isn't a comedy. I'm just talking about movies in general, but yes, Goodfellas could be considered a comedy. There's very funny parts of Goodfellas. Also very serious parts. This is what led... This this conversation in Goodfellas led to uh, the declaration that Kevin Corrigan is one of the best actors of all time uh, it, it, on Better's Delight last week. This is how this happens. And stuff like that is reason enough to not listen to a show. I, how dare you? Uh, the guy with the range of being in Goodfellas, Grounded for Life, The Departed. I mean, this guy is in everything 163 credits on imdb i mean come on what are we doing here apologies to mr corrigan <laughs> clearly uh, deserves to be and spoken of in only the highest breath of actors yeah. in hollywood today absolutely absolutely <sighs> he and michael pear uh 
Just literally. I don't even know who that is. The single, it's P-A-R-E, and there's one of those little marks over the R. Ooh, uh, fancy. But uh, he, he's been in some Kevin Smith movies. Uh, Red State, I believe. But huh. that not. Yeah, another one, another one I didn't watch. I watched Dread State. He, he took a swing, and I respected that, but it didn't work out. Uh, but we're not, we're not here to talk about that. We could, certainly. Uh, but I think it's best that some of our shows do involve sports. I've got a list here of, uh, on ESPN today from the NFL's most likely worst to first teams in 2021. Oh, God. I want to get your take on these. Um, and I, we can't give you too much in the article because it's an ESPN Plus article. But we can tell you who the teams are and we can debate that. So let's start with uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons, Gregory. Do the Atlanta Falcons have a shot to compete in that NFC South? I mean, the real question is going to be the, the play of that offense, right? You lose a piece like Julio Jones, mm-hmm. and, but you still have a ton of... A ton of good players up, up, you know, not only up front, but you have Matt Ryan, a former MVP, uh, who, despite despite the reports, he's not as bad as everybody continues to maintain yeah, that he is. Agreed. Like the team around him, especially from a defensive standpoint, is just not was not very good. Like they just weren't. Like they would score so many points, but and it was always coming from behind. It was always, you know what I mean? It, it was like a well, I was going to say modern day Philip Rivers, but it was like a mirror image of Philip Rivers, where you felt like the one o'clock games you were tuning into Red Zone, and Matt Ryan's there trying to 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 you know figure out a crazy comeback and, and <laughs> score enough points to win late in the fourth. Yeah. So, I mean, you still have Calvin Ridley. They added Mike uh, Mike Smith, uh, no Mike Davis. No, yeah, Mike Davis from the Carolina Panthers, mm. uh, the running back. He's going to be their one. I mean, he showed flashes of really good games in, you know, in, in spelling of Christian McCaffrey last year. I mean, that, that's a good piece to have. You have to hope that their defense is improved. If it is, that's a team that can compete in a division that, yes, it is the, the Bucks are in it, but the Saints are kind of an unknown, you know, w- without Drew Brees. You'll see whether it's Taysom or Jameis. I, I, it's a tough one, man. It's a really tough one, but I think they're, I think the Falcons are a good candidate for that. The Falcons over under at Bavada seven and a half wins this season. I would say over. I think that's a team at worst that goes like eight and nine uh, or nine and eight. First of all, really good job adjusting to the 17 game because it's not normal now. It's not normal. Really, yet. really had to think about it. Yeah. Knew there were 17 games. Had to do it in my head. That's why I said it both ways to make sure I was right. Well, you nailed it, buddy. You absolutely nailed that. Next, <laughs> next up on our list, the uh, NFC North Detroit Lions. The Jared Goff-led Detroit Lions. Does this team have a chance to win the NFC North? As much of a character as Dan Campbell is at the head coach position, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think they've done enough. Like Obviously, Goff is nice, and you have DeAndre Swift. But you lose Galladay. Didn't they also lose uh, Marvin Jones? They did. Like, what? What does their receiving core look like? I don't. I don't know. And defensively, they were a mess last year. I can't imagine they improved much. You know what I mean? So, I. I, I don't think they're a very good candidate for this. So, nah. I'm looking to see what the the Lions depth chart right now, because I am. I am interested 
in who is, I, I believe this, this wide receiver group is one of the worst positional groups in all of football, if I remember correctly. And I'm trying to type on a, a laptop that I'm not used to using, and it's challenging. I, I typed Lions Depth Varsht, Varsht, V-H-S-R-T. I, what? <laughs> yeah, so that's not chart. That's not how you spell it. And uh, ESPN did not get, uh, did not get confused. The, the starting receivers right now listed on the ESPN uh, depth chart, Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perryman, and Quentin Cyphers. Yeah, that's... Goff's in for a tough one. <laughs> He's in for a tough one this year. Like, you can only throw to TJ Hawkinson so many times. I don't, I don't know, man. That's a, that's a tough one. Oh, Hawkinson is going to get more than his fair share of balls thrown his way this year. The over-under at Bavada for the Lions, five wins this season. I think that's an under. Do you really? Yeah, they're going to be really bad. I, I just, the division's tough. Everybody seemed to have gotten better in that division. You know, even the Packers, like, with the, all the Aaron Rodgers drama, that's all done. The Vikings, uh, you know, they're the Vikings. Like, they're going to be middle-of-the-road, mediocre Kirk Cousins, 500 football. Mm-hmm. I, I just, and, and the Bears got better because they got rid of Mitch Trubisky. So, I, I mean... We'll see what happens. I, I think that I think that it's uh, you know, I think that it's certainly certainly going to be a tough road divisionally, and I don't know what their schedule looks like outside of that. But I just I just don't think they're going to be very good. Well, talking about addition by subtraction, I don't think there is a more powerful case than the team we're about to talk about, the AFC East's worst team last year, the New York Football Jets no longer have Adam Gase as their head coach. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge plus. I don't think, like, it, and it's hard because you look at Gase's track record, right? You look at his track record with the, the Denver stuff, but then you have to factor in, like, yeah, he was working with arguably the, the second best quarterback of all time. All right, and the over-under for the wins for the New York football Jets at Bavada, six wins. I, I mean, all indications are that Zach Wilson's been struggling a tiny bit in Jets camp, um, you know, with with a decent amount of interceptions and some other issues that have been going on. <coughs> My word. <laughs> I mean, thi- things yeah. are. Yeah, right? yeah th- yeah, things are breaking down over here. There's a thunderstorm. My dog's running around. I just started coughing. I don't know what's going on. The, uh, but the Jets, the Jets, like, I'm interested to see what their defense looks like, obviously, with the new head coach. So that's that's going to be, you know, he's a defensive guy. We'll see what happens. But I don't, I still don't know about enough talent on the offensive side of the football. Like, it's still, it's still, to me, a very unnerving thing to, to look at that receiving core. I feel like the Jets haven't had a good receiver in years. It's like... When's the last time they had a really good receiver? Ah, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, but he's like, I mean, I'm talking about like a true number one. Robbie Anderson's a great piece on a very good team. I don't know if he's a true number one. So if we're, first of all, uh, last year, last year's high draft pick Denzel Mims allegedly on the roster bubble. Couldn't, could not make me happier. I hate that guy. Uh, He, uh, 
basically basically said that he didn't want to play in Philadelphia because he was afraid he would get booed. Mm, well, probably would have. Well, be better and you won't get booed. <laughs> um, well, he probably still will, quite frankly. But I think if we're talking about, you know, fantasy football is coming up very soon, and a guy that everyone needs to have on their radar is Elijah Moore, the Jets' second-round pick this year. I think he might be the best receiver on that team. I think he's, uh, I think he's Tyler Lockett is what I think he is. I think he's that kind of guy. And uh, I, yeah, he's just, he's going to be, he's smooth. He's ready to go. And I would not be surprised to see if he led this team in catches. uh, It's very high praise. Lockett's a very, very competent receiver. And at one point halfway through the season was, I think the number one ranked fantasy receiver, if not two. Uh, So that's, that's that's a lot to put on that guy. I think he's uh, I think he's up to it. He's up to it every bit as much as Denzel Mims is uh, too uh, <laughs> shies away from the spotlight. Is what I'll say. the The next team on our list, the Cincinnati Bengals. You think they have a shot to win the AFC North? That's a tough. I mean, division. it really depends, right? They they didn't address the O line in the first round of the draft, so that's tough. Burrow's coming off the knee. They did give him another weapon in Jamar Chase. So, you know, can Mixon stay healthy? Can the offense, you know, keep Joe Burrow on his feet? When we saw Joe Burrow on his feet last year, he looked like a really good quarterback, right? The guy we saw at LSU. But if he can't stay upright, it's going to be a problem again for them. And defensively, you know, they, they leave a little bit to be desired, if I'm being perfectly honest. But, you know... If Chase can make the transition to the NFL that I think he can, offensively they can certainly compete. It's just a really tough division. You talk about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. You talk about, you know, Roethlisberger, the Steelers. They're, this is like the, the final victory, or, you know, the final final countdown tour, essentially, for, for Big Ben. I mean, he was barely mm-hmm. back to begin with. And, you know, they've added some pieces. We'll see what Najee Harris has to, has to offer. Um, I think he's going to be a pretty good player for, for them. And then... Obviously, the Browns made the playoffs last year. That you can't, you can't just ignore the Browns in their own state. So I don't know if the Bengals are are the team I would go with uh, in terms of a worst to first situation. Yeah, Barrow looks very uncomfortable with that knee right now, and the fact that they didn't address the offensive line, it's criminal. I mean, I know it's fun to add a Jamar Chase, but you have two very good wide receivers. Go get somebody to block your franchise, uh, block for your franchise quarterback. Bavada has the over/under wins for the Cincinnati Bengals at six and a half. Oof, man, that is that is like the perfect number. Um, I, but I, it's so hard with that seventeenth game. I feel like you almost have to be. You could go seven and ten. You could lose ten weeks, but can mm-hmm. lock it. I'd go over. I'd go over. I think I have a little more faith in Burrow uh, as long as he can stay healthy. I think. I think he can get them. And squeak them away into some wins. All right, number uh, five here, the Denver Broncos. Can they compete in that AFC West? <sighs> I mean, uh, the Chargers. I know have a new coach, but you're talking about um, you're, you're talking about a situation where the you know Herbert's coming into his own. He looked really good last year. Like I, I just. To me, it's very Denver. Has so we don't know what Denver's quarterback situation looks like. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're talking about a, a situation where 
is Drew Locke the starter? He is right now. Like, is that going to be good enough come, you know, uh, week five if they're one and four? Like, I, I just don't know. I think there's too many questions from that position in particular for the Broncos to go from worst to first. Plus, you have the Chiefs. And, like, let's let's be honest. The Chiefs that's are right. the class of that division. It, they just... Conference. Yeah, conference, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I, I just don't... I, I don't think... I don't think this is a good play for, for Denver. Interesting over-under at Bavada, eight and a half. I think that's too high. I think it's under. There's just too much uncertainty for me at running back for me to... To, to try to go there, running back, a quarterback. I was thinking about the kid they drafted in the second round. Um, that's why I said that, because we did a, fan, a mock fantasy draft today, and I was going through picks based off of keepers and a pick that I traded to, to win the league last year. So, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I could pick someone to win nine games when I'm not sure that their quarterback's going to be the starter for the entire season. You're, uh, I mean, all of a sudden, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, they're running back like you alluded to. So that's interesting. And you have Cortland Sutton and you have Jerry Judy and you have, you know, KJ Hamler, if he's ever healthy and you have Noah Phil Lindsay. This, there you go. No, Phil Lindsay's in. Uh, did he move? Where the hell did he go? Yeah. Philip Lindsay signed with the, Philip Lindsay signed with the, I want to say Chargers, but I don't think that's mm. right. Uh, it's a, it's not the Chargers, but it's it's a weird team where there are already a handful of running backs. Philip Lindsay Texans. is currently a Ooh, Houston Texan. That's yeah. an interesting one. Did not know that. Okay, Houston Texans. Well, I mean, it's it's bizarre because we feel like he's been in the NFL for two years. So yeah, that is doesn't seem like it, it's naturally time for free agency yet. But yeah, this offense is is potentially loaded if. If they can get competent quarterback play from either Locke or Bridgewater, then you know, they, have, they have pieces to work yeah, with. Yeah, 100%. Here. Up next, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. God. And the Philadelphia Eagles, Gregory, compete in the NFC East. Don't be a homer. Don't be a homer. Don't be a... Yes, they can compete in the NFC East. Chris, what are we talking about here? I mean, it's a division that is almost complete garbage uh, yet again this year. I mean, the Cowboys obviously get Dak back. That makes a huge difference. But their defense... But his shoulders hurt right his now, His shoulders too. hurt, and their defense stinks. The the Giants, please, come on. Daniel Jones, I know they added Galladay, but Galladay can't stay healthy. Saquon's going to come back maybe week one, maybe week three. We'll see what happens. But he's coming off an ACL, so you have to question it. I know their defense is good. It is what it is. The football team... They worry me a little bit. Their defense is probably still very good coming off last year when they were one of the best in the in the league. Offensively, though, I don't I don't trust uh, who's their quarterback. Like if I, it's it's Ryan no. Fitzmagic, and he just keep he keeps getting better every single yeah, year. Yeah, that's that. I'm. I mean, I don't know. I'm not as scared of of him in division for some reason because the football team is. They're the football team. They they are who we thought they were. A little Denny Green action. So, of yeah. course, I think they can compete. Now, I'm going to watch every game like it's for first place every single week. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to text you a lot. And that's mm. just going to be the end of it. And by the way, what, a, uh, what an interesting sign of disrespect to your coach. A guy who is recovering from cancer that his players won't get vaccinated well, for. Well, Chris, let's be fair. I mean, Kirk Cousins... 
her cousin's not getting vaccinated. He talked to, well, he didn't talk to the NFL doctors. He did his own research. So you know how that goes. Oh, good. I, but yeah, and, well, you know, listen, <clears throat> I'm I'm not the preachy type. I don't really. I, that's not one of those things. But like, it's very clear that Ron Rivera would wish to be dealing with more vaccinated than unvaccinated people. You know. For sure, because you know he yeah, can die. Yeah, so it's, you know, I, I can fully understand <laughs> the sentiment. And anybody that comes out and tries to, like, poo-poo that conversation from Ron Rivera is just, it's just dumb. I, just, I saw the, on Reddit the other day uh, that, and, and I, I thought it was hilarious. Basically, somebody tweeted that all of the people who have decided not to get vaccinated because of the stuff that they've read on the internet should be forced to go to the hospital and be treated in the parking lot by people who learned how to be the doctor on the internet. Uh, uh, why? <laughs> we can leave it at that. that. We can leave it at that. that it's just so frustrating. The, uh, <laughs> the over-under at Bavada for wins for the Philadelphia Eagles. Over. I'm never not going to take the over. It doesn't matter. Do you actually feel good no, about it? of course not. Watching... Would you put Would you put sure, money on? Sure, of course I would, because it, it, well, that's because you're you have a sickness. Will, sure, but, but I'm never gonna not bet on my own team like that. It's 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 a it's a blessing and a curse, right? So when when you bet on your own team, it's if they win, it's the ultimate of ultimates. You couldn't be happier. Here we are. We're we're we not only did we win, but I'm also rich, or or you know metaphorically. Mm. But when they lose, it's twice as painful. So that's that's where that yeah. that goes. So when we reach like week fifteen and we have two games left that we probably aren't going to try in, and we're sitting at five wins, uh, that that's when it'll be really frustrating. Calling down Sam Howell, <laughs> uh, or the actually the the kid your your brother should know really well. Your brother's a uh, an old Miss alum. Big uh, Matt Corral. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I don't know. You don't have to tell me anything more about Matt Corral. Believe <laughs> me. I know all about it. Apparently, you're telling me how to pronounce his name. I'm, I'm just guessing. Uh, one of us is right, and who knows? Maybe not. Number two on our list here the San Francisco 49ers. Do they have a shot to compete in the NFC? I mean, now? who's playing quarterback for them? I. I well, right right now it's Garoppolo, but Trey Lance apparently coming on. Yeah, I mean, that's the hardest part. You still have the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. You still have, you know, obviously the Seahawks defense isn't as good as it once was, but offensively they can definitely score DK, Tyler Lockett, the aforementioned Tyler Lockett. Um, yeah. I mean, it just, to me, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think the Rams went all in, basically, with all the moves they've been making. You have Stafford down there. Uh, like, the 49ers got so bug bit uh, with injuries last year that, like, mm-hmm. it's hard to gauge what they're going to look like. But if everybody comes back healthy, right? You talk about Solomon um, uh, Thomas. You talk about uh, yep. Bosa. You know, that right there alone makes their defense better. Any running back they put in the backfield is going to look good in, in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I mean, it, if Garoppolo or Trey Lance is playing quarterback, they have the weapons, you know, they have Ayuk, they have Debo Samuel, uh, you have George Kittle, like they're... Muhammad oh, well, Sanu. How dare I forget Muhammad Sanu. But you have these weapons, 
that you can certainly you can certainly do damage with, and you're playing a last place schedule. I could see mm-hmm. it happen, but it's it's a tough it's a tough division, and I'm blanking on the fourth team for some reason, which makes no sense. Um, yeah. But like, it's uh, that's the uh, Cardinals. The Cardinals are still going to be good. Like, I mean, you talk about Kyler Murray, you lose Larry Fitzgerald, but what was he really contributing as a whole anyway? I, I remember bringing up the fact yeah. that. I still thought he was good, and I was shot down quickly by you and stats. So now I've mo- I've moved to the opinion that it's fine that he's gone. Uh, what? Replace him with AJ yeah, Green. Well, it's fine. Hopkins, AJ Green, Andy Isabella, uh, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds, who should have been the starter last year, is now actually the starter at running back. I mean, that's a high-powered offense. You just got to hope that Kyler can take the next step if you're Arizona. Apropos of nothing, I've heard a lot of people in the media referring to Tyler Lockett as an older Elijah Moore, and I think it makes a lot of I sense. I mean, I don't. I listen. I hear you. I'm. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to buy into it. Ole Miss, right? Isn't Elijah the, uh, Moore Ole Miss? He sure as hell is. is. The uh, the over under for wins at Bavada from the 49ers this season ten and a half. Ooh, that is a big number. Last place schedule. It's doable. It's definitely doable. I would probably ride on the over on that because if Trey Lance is as good as advertised, I think there's going to be a very quick hook uh, on the Garoppolo experiment. So I think it's very possible. And finally, the number one team on this list, I don't honestly don't know if it's ranked by chance to go from worst to first or not or what, but the final team on this list, they just had the number one pick. They just hired a uh, Hall of Fame-ish college coach. Jacksonville Jaguars. Can the Jaguars win the AFC South? <sighs> no, but they're going to be very interesting, right? You have obviously Trevor Lawrence. You have Travis Etienne. You have James Robbins, uh, Robinson. You have LaVisca Chenault. Like, they have weapons on offense. Chark? Yeah, yes. This is where Marvin Jones Sorry, went? you have DJ Chark. You have Marvin Jones. Like, Trevor Lawrence is going to have weapons to start out on offense. Defensively? Tim uh, Tebow. True. Forgot about Tim Tebow. Defend defensively, if he makes, if if they can improve enough defensively, this is going to be a, a very fun team to watch every single weekend. I think, um, you know, Urban Meyer's sort of a a no on the field nonsense kind of coach. Off the field, eh, if he can cover up the nonsense, he'll cover up the nonsense for better or for worse. But I mm-hmm. mean, it's he's he's a good coach when it comes to actual football. So we'll have to see what. We'll have to see what happens there. I just don't think, and and this hurts me. It hurts me to say it. I don't know if anybody can take down the Titans. I trash talk Mike constantly about Derrick Henry. And every week, Derrick Henry puts that big stiff arm right in my face and pushes me into the turf every single yeah. week. Um, I just, as long as he's running good, you talk about adding Julio to that offense that already had uh, A.J. Brown. Like, they lose Corey Davis, but at that point, you're replacing him with Julio Jones, so who kind of cares? Um, <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I don't know what their tight end situation looks like. I don't think it's that great. It's yeah. bad, quite frankly. Yeah, it's like James O'Shaughnessy, the, the aforementioned yeah. Tebow. Uh, uh, I forget who else is there. Luke Luke yeah. Farrell, but it's, it's yeah. not. I mean, I, I think the Titans are the class of that division. You have no idea what's going on with the Texans at this point. At this point, you just have no clue what the punishment is going to be laid down for Deshaun Watson. If there is one, I'm sure there's going to be. But 
Uh, yeah. It's just a matter of what it is. And then the Colts are a complete mystery because, of course, they are. Of course, the Colts are a complete <laughs> mystery because they have Carson Wentz, the complete mystery of the NFL. It's and it's almost mm-hmm. like well, bef- before before you go on a tangent there, I, one thing about the Jaguars, I think it's fascinating that they're already looking to move last year's number nine overall pick, C.J. Henderson. Yeah, I mean, getting getting Urban's line. If you're not in Urban's line, you got to get out. I've seen some people who are some some uh, Jaguars fans suggest that like CJ Henderson doesn't even like football. Well, that's a problem when you get drafted number nine overall. You kind of have that's that kind of comes with the territory. So yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be around the game a bit, uh, just a little bit. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that draft uh, pays for uh, a lot of it. You know. The over under from at Bavada for wins that wow the over under at Bavada in terms of Jaguars wins this season is six and a half. Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I it's so like the seventeen game thing is really gonna throw me off because six and a half sounds yeah. so low with seventeen games. Seven and ten, you are still a pretty bad team. Like you're not the mm-hmm. worst. But you're you're just kind of there. I would take a chance on Trevor Lawrence. Guy's a winner. I, I that if I'm gonna back if I'm gonna back somebody for a six and a half games in his first year, I'm gonna back Trevor Lawrence. I think it's a real possibility. Oh, but he lost to Ohio Not State. About that, he's a loser. He's a Not loser. Not worried about it. I think he's gonna be just fine. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.